and have that time aside so that you're not over planning different activities for your students and then you're feeling like you're in a rush, but also you're not overestimating the time that you have to pack up your classroom to take down displays and things like that. Welcome to Rainbow Skies for New Teachers, where we're all about bite-sized tips and simple strategies for bright and busy new teachers. If you're in your first few years of your career and want to make the rollercoaster ride of teaching more fun, streamlined and stress-free, you're in the right place. We're Ashley and Alicia, the dynamic duo from Rainbow Sky Creations, and we're excited to be your teacher mentors on the go. There are rainbows ahead, my friend. And together, we're unstoppable. Let's get into today's episode. Here at Rainbow Sky Creations, we acknowledge the Darawa people and the Wujak Noongar people, the traditional custodians of the lands on which we record this podcast today, where we live, work and learn. We pay our respects to their past, present and emerging elders of this nation and supports the cultural, spiritual and educational practices of First Nations people. Hello, hello. Here we are back for another episode of Rainbow Skies for New Teachers. Hey, Alicia. Hey, Ash. Looking forward to talking about ways to survive the end of the school year. Yes, because I am always really stressed leading up to Christmas. There's a lot to do leading up to the end of Christmas. There's events happening, things to wrap up and finish, especially for us in Australia where it's the end of the school year. And then summer holidays are happening, so you're getting excited about that, but then you know you've got all these things to do, so you can't really enjoy it just yet until that's done. Yeah, it's a vicious totally. cycle. That type A teacher in me too just wants to get ahead of the game for next year so I can be like patting myself on the back come January. But that adds that extra layer of pressure. <laughs> yes, you kind of forget to be present in the moment and enjoy the time that you're in because you're thinking, how do I save myself time in the future rather than being like, how do I just enjoy now? It's exactly how I feel. I feel like this is turning into a therapist session. <laughs> you just need to lean up somewhere, just grab some like water balloons and just have a, like a water balloon party or something like that with your kids in your class, something crazy I'd do. That is something crazy you would do. And that is something that I would be afraid to do in case I was breaking the rules. <laughs> as long as you pick up every little bit of rubbish, you're fine. Love it. Tell us, would you be game enough to do a water fight with your class at the end of the school year? This is for Aussie teachers. Anyone who is listening to us in the Northern Hemisphere, this time of the year, it is hot for us. We're rounding up the end of the school year and the kids have usually had enough. We have those long, hot days. The air conditioning is pumping. The flies are buzzing. It's just a hot, sweaty mess. Yes. Oh, the flies. Gosh, they've been really really bad here in Sydney the last few days. Yes, they have all been born recently in the last couple of weeks with the weather heating up. It's a bit gross, isn't it? It is gross. I'm sure people in the Northern Hemisphere are thinking, gosh, that Australia, it's not sounding too good at this point. There's nothing more frustrating. Sorry, I'll I'll end my conversation about flies. Lead on. Well, this conversation is starting to feel a little bit like chaos, but one thing that we put up on our socials around Christmas time is a quote that says, it's beginning to feel a lot like chaos because I know classroom life can feel like that. You're trying to pack up, you're trying to get things organized, your students are extra excited. So today we wanted to talk about some ways to survive and maybe even thrive towards Mm -hmm. the end of the school year. But before we jump into that, we wanted to say that this episode is 
is proudly sponsored by the wonderful people at The Teaching Tools. If you do not know about The Teaching Tools, you have been living under a rock. They make the most beautiful stamps and stationery for teachers, and they are always so kind-hearted and generous to all of their followers on socials and all of their teacher customers. So if you have not heard of them or seen them, go and check them out. You've been living under a rock, and they're also a great place to go if you're looking for some extra teacher gifts. All right, well, let's get in and start talking about some activities and strategies to make it to the finishing line before Christmas. We're going to break this episode up into two parts, teacher strategies and student strategies. So let's start with the teacher, some things that you can start doing to prepare yourself to make this time that little bit more easy flowing. Yes, let's start with strategy number one. So you're going to have probably a master checklist with things that you want to get done before the end of the year. So Spend some time writing down a checklist of things that you want to get done in terms of, you know, where are your displays going to go? Are you going to keep them? Are you going to bin them? What are you going to do with the extra student materials you've collected over the year? So you're going to write a list of all these things you want to get done. And then with this list, you're going to pull one or two to do each day as you're winding down to the end of the year. Because getting it all done in one go isn't going to be achievable and probably it's time sensitive on when you can do it. But if you start to slowly tick away at that list and check things off, you'll feel like you're accomplishing things. And just one thing a day is getting you closer to the finish line. It sure is. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed with such a huge long list. But if you make that really big long list, because we know there's so much to do towards the end of the year, and there's things that you even want to just do with your students, put it all down and just slowly start working away at that. Start a few weeks out, three maybe even four weeks before the end of the school year. Now, this episode may be coming out as people are in their last week or two of school. So if that's the case, don't worry, you can start now. Absolutely. It is never too late. I mean, you're looking at things like, what am I going to do with returning those library books that I've borrowed? Or who am I going to get to run that job? Like, what is going to happen with If I'm moving classrooms, that's a huge thing in itself. So even just writing a little list of things you want to get done before you move in classrooms. And I know at my school, every year they would get a skip bin and it would be like the dumping ground. So you kind of got to purge at the same time. So that would always be on my checklist of like going through and getting rid of things we didn't need any longer. Things that are broken, ditch them. That's it. Extra papers you don't need, recycle them. Absolutely. Okay, so this ties in really nicely with strategy number two, which is choose an area of your classroom to tackle each day. This is towards the last school week that you have with your students, but this is a really good way to make sure that you are covering everything, especially if you're moving classrooms. If you're choosing your back corner, you might take everything off the wall, sort out your bookshelves, throw away anything that's broken, that has missing parts. Also pack up anything that you may want to take to the next classroom with you if you're moving classrooms. But choosing a part of the room each day ensures that you get to everything and that you're not leaving everything to the last minute. Yes, nothing more overwhelming than that. Like I would be looking at my classroom and breaking into sections of like the cupboards under the whiteboards. What's in there? Do I still need it? The back shelving or the resource cupboard or where I'm storing all my students' manipulatives for everyday lessons. And then we're talking about things that are hanging from the ceilings, things that are stuck to the walls or to the doors or any outside displays that you might have near your classroom. So put these down and just do one at a time and don't forget that your students are there to help you. And I can guarantee you're going to have a list of kids who have got their hands up going, can I have that 
little tool that allows you to get the staples out of the wall for the displays, you know, out of the, you call yeah. it the pin board. <laughs> and then you've got one kid who's underneath collecting them all going like, look how many I've collected. I mean, kids, kids' brains, how they work fascinates me. Use those students to help you. They can be your VIPs or your special helpers to help you get these jobs done. Something that I love to do as well is if you have little signs up that might be introducing an artwork that you've got up, or you might have other bits and pieces up on the wall that you no longer need. I always pop those in a pile and then raffle them off to my students. So I might think of a mystery number and a child that gets the closest to that number gets that poster or we play all sorts of games that might be a lucky dip with names in the drawer or they have to answer a question and it always provides a little bit of fun. Also, those other little bits and pieces like their names that might be on your reading charts or on your classroom door, you can go and give those back to the students. They always love taking those home. I'm sure the parents don't. I know myself as a parent, I'm like, thank you for this little piece of laminated junk. However, the students do love it. They do. It's a really easy one to get the excitement going in the classroom. The next one that you could apply is to map out all the extra events that happen at the end of the year. So get your daily work pad and work out what's happening. The end of year assemblies, year six graduation, there might be a Christmas party you have to host, or they might be having a fun, definitely in Australia, like water day or last minute kindness day in the last two weeks of term. So make sure you know what events are coming so that you feel prepared and you've allocated the time for whatever things you need to get done or lessons or finishing up, filing portfolios, etc. for your class. Yes. There also often is a transition day. If you're in Australia, you might get to meet your new class. So you need to make sure that you're prepared for that and have that time aside so that you're not over planning different activities for your students and then you're feeling like you're in a rush, but also you're not overestimating the time that you have to pack up your classroom, to take down displays and things like that. Mapping out those events is really, really helpful. And the most important thing, to have a moment in that last week or two weeks where you're having moments of fun with your class. And I'm sure there's these murmurs of end of year parties or when the teacher is going to get their class gift from all the kids. So making sure you've got that time slotted in your mind of going, I know that's going to be happening and that's going to take an hour and a half chunk out of the day. Yeah. Well, that leads into our next strategy perfectly, putting quality time aside for your students. One thing that I I love at the end of the year is that you know your students so well. Your class is like a little family and it's sad to say goodbye to them. So making the most out of those last few weeks together is really nice. And that's why it's really great to do special little activities. They might be festive related. They might not be. They might just be a fun lesson that you've wanted to teach all year, or it might be bringing back a lesson that their class have really enjoyed and they really want to experience again. I know that Alicia gave me that advice a few years ago. She said, bring back a lesson that the students really, really love love and redo it. And I think that that is fabulous advice. It's always a winner. And if you haven't checked into episode six, where we shared some great ideas with other amazing teachers, Australian teachers, make sure you check into that episode because we talk more about ideas on how you can connect with your students, keep the momentum going and keep that classroom management in check. Definitely. Speaking of classroom management, stick to a routine. Keep your routine. Even though all of these extra events and things are happening, the classroom may start to look different. We still need to manage the expectations of our little people. And we know that some of them don't deal with change all that well. So keeping to a routine and keeping some things the same can be so helpful with your classroom management. Some examples are keeping your reading groups or maths groups up and running. Now, they don't need to look exactly like your formal reading and maths groups. You might not have a group reading with you because all your readers have gone 
going back. But you still could have rotations and they might be Christmas rotations or you could still have rotations with different activities. One might even be a craft. You can do the same with maths. They might You might bring out all of the games that they loved all year and dedicate 40 minutes to an hour of maths lessons each day in that last week just so that students feel comfortable and they know what to expect, especially when there's lots of different things being thrown at them. Absolutely. It's a big time of change and you're going to have some kids in your class who are really upset with the fact is that it's coming to the end of the year and they're going to have a new teacher next year. So making things as smooth as possible and keeping that level of consistency is going to help the students know what to expect when they walk in the classroom that day. And it could be just you keep that routine going until lunchtime. And then after lunch, you let your hair down, you do something a bit different. Yeah, even just keeping up with the routine of writing up on the board or having your daily timetable, visual timetable up on the board so they know what to expect. And perhaps you put up, it's going to be something different today. Perhaps you put up Christmas craft so they know well in advance what to expect just because it's different towards the end of the year and we're not following the same sorts of routines as what we normally would so strictly doesn't mean that we can't give them those structures just to help, especially those students that need that extra structure and help. Yes. So true. Okay, so the final one, which is a teacher slash student strategy, is create a balloon pop as a countdown. I feel like we've seen these online for years now, but they are a lot of fun. They really are a lot of fun. And who doesn't love a countdown? Just gets everyone a bit excited. Especially if you're counting down towards Christmas and, in our case, in Australia, the summer holidays. So this is what you need to do. You blow up balloons depending on how many days you want to do a countdown for. If you're listening to this and you've only got five days left of school, you can definitely just do the five days, number the balloons and pop them up on your whiteboard or pin them to your backboard, whatever works. I mean, pin the little nozzle at the end, not pin through the blinks, that's going to pop it. <laughs> and then each day as the day is ending, you choose the student and they come and pop the balloon. Some people put messages inside the balloons. You don't need to do that. It's all a bit of fun. We actually do have a blog post all about how to create the balloon pop. And if you want a bit more information on how to do it and what it looks like. Often simple is best. So you find the biggest, craziest balloon. The kids could even pick which ones they're going to blow up. And it could be a challenge in itself. How quickly can you blow up the balloon? Make a mass lesson. What's the volume of this balloon? What other things could fill to this side? You can really go nuts with it. So have fun. Blow up some balloons and pop them at the end of the day. Woohoo! All right. Let's dive into more fun ideas and activities for the students to help you get across the finish line. So we've come up with a handful of different activities that would be great to do with your class that are easy. They're simple. They don't require a lot of planning and there'll be things that your students really look forward to. Now, I've got a little story. There was a teacher I worked worked with once and she was fabulous. She mostly taught the upper grades. She loved, loved teaching year six. She was just one of those teachers, you know, you know, those mm. teachers that love year six and never every leave. year they just love that grade, don't they? <laughs> you're either a year six teacher or you're not. Fact. Fact. So she used to have a whole series of things she would do with her year six students as they led up to the last week or two of the school year. And one of the things she would do was create gingerbread houses. There were little mini gingerbread houses. Wow. What an amazing teacher. <laughs> I know. She would make the icing, stuck them together. She would make that at home. They would get biscuits to create the house. 
And then she'd have lollies and then they would decorate them and then she would wrap them all up in cellophane and she'd have a ribbon on them and she'd have a little note on them to them saying, you know, it was a fabulous end of the year and that would be like a little Christmas present to them at the end of the year. And it was brilliant. And the kids loved it. However, I've thought about doing this since knowing this teacher and then I thought there's just no way I'm going to be able to get my head and myself and everything around this. And I actually remember one year she was running a bit late on the classroom traditions and the gingerbread houses was stressing her out. (laughs) I've got a feeling that your colleague was a bit of a crafter. I bet they loved crafting outside of school time because this just sounds so perfect for a crafting type of person. But the dedication going into doing that, I love it. I do have a simpler strategy for you though. If you do love the idea of a gingerbread house, but you don't have the time for it. Now this is a bit of a plug for Ash introduced me to the Thermomix and I've never looked back since having kids. But I've done a (laughs) gingerbread man day where we've just made a massive batch of gingerbread dough conveniently in the thermomix so I didn't have to do much and just took that into school and we just rolled out little balls for the kids and they created their own little gingerbread people. That was an easy one. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I feel like the strategies we're going to share next are far easier than the gingerbread house or even the gingerbread man. Yes, it involves things in your classroom, your kids and a few materials. If we could also, if we could get a sponsorship from thermomix, we would totally be open to that as well. 100%. We love our thermomixers. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about these easier student activities. Do you want to head off with number one? Yes. Number one's a good one because you created it. I did. I created the Christmas present thief. It's a code breaker. It is pitched more for your middle to upper grades and it's free and available in our store. And it's as simple as you print out this booklet and I used to print two pages to an A4 page. So you weren't using as much paper and you had the code breaker. So students have to work out who the Christmas present thief is. So you have a little story, you read it together, you get them all excited and get them thinking, who could it be? And then they have to crack five different codes. And with every code that they crack, it rules out suspects out of a list. And I think there's approximately maybe 24 suspects. So every time they get a clue on what this character may or suspect may or may not be wearing. So if they're not wearing glasses, you know, you rule out all the people who are wearing glasses. The aim is that at the end, they should have one suspect. And you could take it to that next level where they do a wanted poster. They could write a little story about it. I mean, you could lean in and make this lesson for the whole day, really. You know, half the day, you could use this Christmas code cracker for multiple lessons. So it's a fun one. And if you've got kids in your class who love actually making codes, they might want to create their own one. So run with it. See what your class enjoy. Yeah, it's a really fun activity because the kids are not only thinking, like they're using their brains, but they also love to do this one in pairs or in small groups. And it really invites that collaboration. It's a little bit of fun, but you know that they're doing a little bit of learning at the same time. It is a great one. So if we didn't make that clear, that is a downloadable that's free. It's hard to come up with these from scratch. So (laughs) I wanted to make sure that you knew that you can just download it. We'll put the link in our show notes if you want to grab at that resource. Absolutely. Okay. Number two is an Alicia idea as well. Yes, because there is something about having an empty classroom that just doesn't feel right. I feel like once you've got everything pulled down from the walls, hanging from the ceiling, you kind of feel a little bit sad that it officially is getting to the end of the school year. So it feels wrong. It feels so wrong having the bare classroom. 
It does. So a little simple way is creating Christmas chains. So you get a bunch of colored paper. You could go rainbow colored. You could go festive with green and red and you get out the guillotine or paper cutter, whatever you want to call it. And you just chop up strips and strips and strips of paper. So you have a huge collection and you go around to your colleagues and you go, excuse me, are you using your stapler for period one and two tomorrow? May I please borrow it? So you get a whole (laughs) collection of staplers and you go, to your class, we are going to be decorating our classroom. And you can choose to make it a competition because kids thrive on that, particularly boys, but also I find my daughter loves competition a lot. And you just get the kids making Christmas change. They're having to work together. They're having to use their fine motor skills, growth skills. You could even get it where how many can you connect in 15 minutes or do a countdown on how many connect in five minutes and you could eliminate people and have like the ultimate Christmas chain team. You could even have it where they decorate each of the chains and write a Christmas joke or Christmas kindness or something they loved about the year that they had. So you can really add to this activity and definitely make it last for a good lesson or two. And then you get to hang it up and you don't feel so sad that it's getting to the end of the year. Yeah. And then you can pull it down with ease and just pop it straight in the recycling at the end. Yeah. Win-win for everyone. Yeah. It's uh, a fun activity. Or you put it in your raffle ash and some kid takes home two meters of Christmas train, <laughs> dragging it along the school oval as they walk home. <laughs> Yes. Do you know what? That is exactly the sort of thing I would put in my little raffle. And it's the exact sort of thing that a parent would be so annoyed about. Uh, Those eye rolls would be coming straight your way. (laughs) Who cares? Because you're not their teacher next year. That is correct. You provided a young child with a little bit of happiness. That's it. Now, you've got a great one that you love doing with Christmas creative thinking tasks. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so I love to incorporate a little bit more student voice and choice towards the end of the year because the students know you, you know them really well, and you can provide those structures where they can actually have a bit more choice in what they're doing. So I like to get out those Christmas activities. We all love to do them, but not every child loves to do the same sort of activities. So I introduce three or four different activities to them, explain what the tasks are, creative tasks like designing Santa a new Santa suit or creating a sleigh for Santa to move around the different countries on. What else have we spoken about with those creative tasks? I feel like we've had passports and Santa's meal, like what would his favorite meal be or writing tasks? Yeah. What route would he take if he's dropping off the presents? Which country will he visit first? Yeah. So any sort of creative tasks like that, I explain them to the students and then they get to choose what they want to do. Now, this is a really great afternoon activity because it's quieter time. They're engrossed in what they're doing, but often it's hot in Australia, as we've talked about with the flies and all the rest at the beginning (laughs) of the episode. But also these sorts of activities are really great if you want to continue on with something like reading groups, but want to give it a more festive twist. And good news is we have got some of these activities that are free. We've got some for the early years, kindergarten to year two, and then some for year three to year six that you can just print out and use. So we will make sure that we put those creative thinking tasks in our show notes as well. Yeah, they're such a time saver and the kids love them. I mean, who doesn't love anything where you get to use your imagination and be a bit creative and it's tuned into different student needs. So go check them out. Yeah. Okay. The last one is 
creating a kindness campaign as you lead up to Christmas, which I think is really nice because it's about the spirit of giving, but not necessarily giving in monetary terms. Now, we've got an episode next week all about introducing and encouraging kindness in your classroom at Christmas, but we wanted to share it as one of the activities here. So you come back next week and listen, we've got freebies, we've got ideas that you can put into play really, really easily. And we've shared these across our blog, we've shared them on our socials, and teachers have absolutely loved them over the years. So we wanted to share them here on the pod as well. Yes, they're so good. And you won't hear the kids mention at all what they wish they were getting for Christmas. So that's the ultimate aim, thinking about Which is a others. nice change, isn't it? A really nice change. It is. All right, Alicia, wrap it up. What have we been speaking about today? Well, we've talked about some strategies that teachers can use leading up to the end of the school year. So create that master list, pick one or two things to do each day, Choose an area around the room to tackle so it's not overwhelming when you wrap things up and send the kids off at the end of the school year. Also, make sure you map out and record any special events that will be happening and make sure you put time aside to spend with your students and have some quality time. Laugh, celebrate, reflect back over the awesome year that you've had and also remember, keep up with routines. They are so powerful. It keeps that level of consistency and everyone knowing, including yourself, what to expect each day. And we also share some great student activities, Christmas Thief, Codebreaker, Christmas Chains, Christmas Creative Thinking Ideas, and check in next week for some kindness activities you will not want to miss. Amazing. You know something else you're not going to want to miss? Our freebie for new teachers. Now, we've been sharing a freebie in the last few episodes, but this one is different. This one is called Yay, I'm a Teacher. Now, what do I do? We're getting into that part of the year where new teachers are coming on board. If you are a new teacher, you need this freebie. We've got beginning of the year checklists. We've got activities to begin the beginning of the year with your students. Lots of great goodness in that freebie. So if you're a new teacher or you've been just teaching for a couple of years, you may want to get your hands on that freebie. And that is linked in our show notes. And the other thing that is linked in our show notes is a little guide that we've put together. It's called the Cheats Guide to Christmas in the Classroom. And we outline all of our Christmas favorites. We link to different activities that will be really helpful. So if you don't want to do the thinking and the planning, we have got your back. Absolutely. Let us do the thinking for you. That is what we're here for. So that is all that we have time for today. If you have loved this episode, don't forget to rate and review and tell us how much you are enjoying Rainbow Skies for New Teachers. Until next time, there are rainbows ahead, my friend. And together, we're unstoppable. Do, 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 do.